airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we've got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Aaron the Addisons. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. I think we may have a slight delay. There were some technical difficulties, issues, whatever you want to call them, um, that arose just moments before we started. So just to let you know on my end, there may be something going on. And also probably there's something going on on your end as well. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And um, as we work out all the kinks, it's great to be back with you. Uh, we enjoyed some time with our family uh, down in Florida. Really, really excited to be a part of welcoming new life into this world. My youngest sister um, gave birth to uh, her son. She and her husband welcomed their son um, on May 21st, I want to say. And so we were able to join them and pray with them and pray for them. And, you know, when you have a new baby, um, it's a lot of Pray for them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, you, you, you know, they don't sleep. You know what right. I mean? I mean it, it's just it all comes along with the territory and everything. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot that's going into that, that, um, you know, she's <laughs> she's learning and she's working through. And it's it's it was fun to be able to be there. Yeah. And um, and really, honestly, I, I, I just have to say before we move on with what we want to get into today, um, it was really fun to be able to hold um, this little miracle and. All of our children, we look at them and we say, wow, it's a miracle. You think about from conception to their birth, you know, that it's just a miracle of God that, you know, we grow humans, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we grow yeah. other little people. Um, and uh, but in particular, this case was um, was unique mm-hmm. and was one of those things that brought us great joy because she was told that she would not be able to conceive children, Right. that it was um that it was medically impossible. She had the ultrasound that confirmed, you know, you're not going to be able to have children. And, um, and so, you know, my, my oldest sister was like, well, what can we do? Like, you know, is there any way I can help, you know, before she passed, she was like, we're all, um, cause she was, she wanted to have a baby. And, um, so of course we prayed for her. We believe that prayer is doing and it doesn't always go this way. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that this is, you know, that God owes us anything. We have to be very careful Mm -hmm. with our theology and the way we pray, the way we approach the Lord. Um, Our God is in the heavens. He does what pleases him. But um, my sister, my youngest sister who told my mom only for record, she didn't tell us. I don't know why she wouldn't tell me (laughs) like I'm crazy enough to believe, but for some reason she said, she said she wasn't sure what was happening, but she, she called mom to tell mom um, because she said, I wanted to have someone as a witness. Yeah. But she she was convinced that before she conceived that the Lord was healing her. Mm. And um, she in the middle of the night, she said she felt a warmth come over her body, over her abdomen. And um, and she had this strong sense that the Lord was healing her. What's interesting about this is that she really she said she's resigned to the fact that if the Lord, it's not the Lord's will for her 
to have children. She was okay with that. You know, she felt, you know, God is sovereign. And so, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just continue on. And, um, but of course, you know, the Lord decided that, yeah, you have this medical evidence, right? But um, <laughs> I'm sovereign Amen. over that. And Amen. so it was amazing. Um, about a month or so after she had this experience that she called to tell mom about. And, <laughs> of course, you know, um, you all know, you know, mom told us. <laughs> that's that's the Brenda part of mom. You know, mom's <laughs> that's the that's when you have a a mom that's also Brenda. Hey, mm. um I think that you know the Lord has healed. <laughs> so it's like don't worry sisters, your mom will tell. Um and so, you know, we we just believed with her and uh shortly after that, she was sending us ultrasound pictures of a new living person growing inside of her and mm. it was just a miracle. And so to be able to hold this little boy and, and you have, she sent us both of the ultrasound pictures, the, the first ultrasound picture, which showed um, there it's medically impossible for you to have children. Mm-hmm. She had an ultrasound picture of that proof that she could not have children. And then she sent us the ultrasound picture of the actual boy growing in her womb. <laughs> it's just, you know, glory to God. I mean, you know, and I, I look, I wouldn't want to go through this life without the Lord. I wouldn't want to go through this life um, without faith in, in who he is and what he can do, but also understanding that, you know, there, and I know that there are other stories, um, where people pray and pray and, um, they still do not conceive. And so, and I don't know, you know, necessarily how to answer that, except to say that the Lord is God and he does what he, what he chooses to do. Um, but it's incumbent upon us, I think, always to give him glory and to seek him knowing what he's able to do. Right. Mm. Um, not as a demand, um, not as some sort of exaction that he owes us, you know, and so you you got to do this for me. Um, but knowing who he is and that he can do what is impossible and he's still doing that. That's why I, you know, I know that there are some friends. Um, I, I shouldn't say friends. I should say members of the body who don't believe that miracles are still for today. Um, I I just I cannot. <laughs> I can't. I can't agree with it. Um, not only have I seen, but I've, I've read and I know that the Lord doesn't change. And so he reveals his majesty. He reveals his glory and his power in ways that really, um, I guess in many, many times they confound us, but he's the same. And so anyway, we, we were able to be uh, down in Florida with her, with the new baby. And, um, and it's amazing. You look at a, a, a kid's face who, really was not supposed to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, it's a miracle. You medically sure. are not supposed to exist. How are you here? How are we holding you? I mean, it's just the Lord who decides. And so it was a, it was a grand time. And, uh, you know, as they start getting adjusted, <laughs> you, you have to say, remember, we prayed. <laughs> this is what we wanted. You know, <laughs> it's midnight. It's one o'clock. You know, <laughs> you're getting the text messages and, and you're going, Okay, let's FaceTime. Come on. Let's what what's going on? Yeah, w- this is what we wanted. We want this and it's not going to last forever, but it's a blessing, right? It's, mm. you know, and it reminds us uh in the body of Christ why we are so which there's not degrees of it. You either are or you are not pro-life. It just reminds us of why we are pro-life, right? Amen. That we're not talking about um some growth. We're talking about a human being, right, who is totally separate from the mother's body. Yes, nurtured and nourished by the mother but totally separate. And when they come into this world, you see that. And I don't care how many times you've, you've done it or how many times you've seen it, you know, it's a, it's a miracle. (laughs) It is an absolute miracle. So anyway, it's great to be back with you. 
and um, enjoy some after enjoying some time with our family and 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 this new little baby, um, who's just so adorable, so so precious. Um, one of the things that we wanted to do today, of course, we've uh, got a guest on. We're gonna talk to Angeli Pascal, and she's authored a new book entitled "Stay: Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness Where You Never Imagined Looking." And the book explores why sometimes we go through difficult situations in our life and we're always trying to outrun those things, always trying to move away from that friction. But uh, this book explores whether or not, you know, staying in that place and and walking through those things with the Lord um, is not more beneficial than just trying to get rid of it, you know, be Mm. done and and be over the difficulty. So that's going to be a great conversation. I'm looking forward to that. And the minutes that we have remaining, there was one question that is on my mind today. And I actually, Will, I was thinking about this question since you and I talked uh-huh. um, uh, down in Florida. There's a question because there's a lot of news headlines out right now. Mm-hmm. Emotional roller coasters, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know if I'm exaggerating that. Do you, do you, do you sense you cut or feel that there's some news headlines Oh, okay. Well, I was just saying that there's a lot of news headlines that I think would take people on emotional roller coasters yes. these days. Yes, definitely. I don't know if you've sensed that or if you felt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so, so here was my question based on, and I may or may not touch on some of the specific headlines. I actually don't feel like I need to, um, but we may. Right. We may as we go through. But one of my questions was, uh, can the Bible really be enough? Mm. When I when I look at some of the headlines, especially the headlines that cause social unrest, yeah. right, where yeah. we don't know how to interact with one another, we yeah. are suspicious of one another. Um, there is to to a certain extent mm-hmm. a narrative that is being pushed, but also also there was a reality um, of sin that we have to come to grips with, right? That's that right. we have to say, wow, you know, when we see things. Um, happening like this in our culture, it reminds us that the Lord has already judged wickedness, mm-hmm. right? And he has already determined that it is in fact wicked. Um, but my question then becomes, can the Bible really be enough? And of course, you know, on this program, we focus a lot on family and our response to um, being culturally engaged from yeah. a biblical perspective. Yeah. And so what I think of in particular, based on the conversation that you and I had, Will, yeah. was uh, can we train our kids to live and process life purely through scripture? I think we have to. Like, is the Bible... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was just answering that question with a simple answer, but we're going to talk more about it. I, was, I think we have to. There's no choice. You know, um, when we come up against certain issues, you know, that are difficult or may seem even controversial or what what have you, we have to use as Christians the straight edge of the scripture to talk about these issues or whatever they may be. There's nothing that's under, um, you know, there's nothing that happens that can't be addressed by the scriptures. That's, that's what I hold to. And as I see mm-hmm. even the body of Christ being divided and broken apart, I'm like, man, let's go back to the word. What does the word say? How does the word say yeah. we're supposed to treat each other as being a part of the family of God? We are, you know, the, the things that the world mm-hmm. may uh, do and their responses is not the same as the, the church. We, we can't have it's not the same response. And so, uh, yeah, that was just an answer no. to that question. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and, and that's and, and you really kind of hit it straight on when you talked about what this is doing to the church 
And that's my concern. My concern is that when we see current events, right, that become a part of um, a popular narrative, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean to diminish the discussion by putting it in a category of a popular narrative, I simply say that to say it is something that everyone feels they are, you know, well-versed on. Everybody's talking about it. It is something that is, to say it simply, popular. And so you have these um, these conversations that I think require a lot more of a measured response. But we live in a day and we live in an age where everyone who has op- opinions, um, who they can voice them freely, right? right? And, right. and those opinions become a part of the narrative and they they add to the tensions that we feel. Mm-hmm. And so let's just look at one example here. I know we only got a couple of minutes. And so what I what I want to say for our listeners is that we'll come back to this on tomorrow, uh, Lord willing, because there's a whole lot that the Bible has to say about the heart of the issues that we're facing right now. Right. OK, the heart of the issues that we're facing right now. And, and look, no, every single situation is not listed in the scriptures. But the reason for every single situation is listed in the scriptures. Yeah. The, the <laughs> cause, why we face the things that we're facing, every single one of those things that we're facing, the reason and the cause behind it is listed in the scriptures. And it's not an oversimplification to say that it is sin. And look, there are different types of sin and the manifestation of sin. Mm. And we can see that in our culture Yet what we don't do as Christians often is go back to the word of God and search the scriptures and say or ask the question, what does the Bible teach us about the human heart, about man's condition without Jesus Christ? We don't do that often. What we do is we just take the one situation and then we want to, you know, <laughs> we, we want to go off on that situation. And we want to, in part, I, you know, and I hate to say it this way. But we actually find ourselves joining the wicked in a narrative that does not bring about the righteousness of God. Hmm. And so we have to be very careful. And I'm not trying to be overly vague, but I am trying to hold back just a little bit because I think that the great detail of what we'll get into when we discuss this will be tomorrow. Right. Here is my overall encouragement um, before we begin talking about uh, the book Stay. The Bible is enough. Amen. Guys, the word of God is enough. Amen. It's enough to help us filter our daily living, every single situation that we're facing, everything that our kids are being exposed to. The word of God is enough. You don't know that it's enough when you don't search it out. All right. We got to grab the break. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Addison's on American Family Radio. It's great to be with you today, and um, we appreciate you listening as always. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Sherry Jones Moffitt with Renewed. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and we appreciate her. She has gotten our guest on, and I will introduce her, and we'll dive right in to um, the topic that we have for you today. Um, Angelie Pascal is the founder of the Moms We Love Club. 
and is a beloved writer for Day Springs Encourage. She lives in Southern California with her husband, Sam, and five beautiful children. Well, look at that. We have a lot in common already, right? <laughs> <laughs> the children become the great unifier. Um, oh, I love this. This is great. She's frequently late, which no one's going to ask why, because I already told you. No, I want to know. No, five kids. No excuse. No, there is. <laughs> there is great. There, How it's old not, are the kids? No, here's, what I, oh, <laughs> here's what I say. Here's what I say. When people I say it's not an excuse, it is the reason. Yeah, it is not an excuse, uh, okay? okay? You can choose to All excuse right. my lateness, but it is the reason. Okay. Uh, she wrestles, Her Bible says she wrestles with guilt and loses things. Um, I can... Identify with losing things. Yeah, I so I can identify with that for you as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about her book, uh, "Stay: um, Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness Where You've Never Imagined Looking," and talk about why when we go through those tough times, sometimes we're trying to outrun those, but maybe that's what the Lord wants to use um, to strengthen, encourage, and I would say even mature us in the faith. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Angelie, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Miki. Hi, Will. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, thank you. Um, so settle this quick little argument between my <laughs> husband and myself. Um, your frequent lateness, it can only be justified um, based on the ages of your kids. Um, can you can you give us a quick rundown of the ages of your five kids? Sure. Um, 13, 11, wow. 8, 6, and 2. Wow, very similar. We are in the almost exact <laughs> same age range. We also have five kids, and they are almost exactly the same ages. Get out. That is Get so out. wild. Okay. I need that's, more friends. So that's, friends. I need friends. That is so wild. Our oldest is 13, second is 11, and then we have a 10-year-old, and then six, and then three. And so that's almost very close to what you're dealing with. So I would say, Angelie, that your lateness <laughs> is a direct result of the fact that you're a super mom. I think, right? Yes. It's because I'm a super mom. All right. Hey, tell us about the organization, the Moms We Love Club. Like, what, what, tell us what what that is and and why you founded it. Sure. So, the Moms We Love Club is really birthed from my heart, like the deepest place in my heart. I think when I became a mom, you know, you know, Nikki, it's like so difficult. It's so hard on so many levels. And then I would come across, um, kind of these stories on social media where, you know, the mom has cancer and a child who is, you know, um, suffering through their own illness. And it would break my heart thinking about my life. Like, I am barely making it. And mm. I can't imagine being a mom who is a widow or who herself has cancer or a sick child. And so really what the Moms Who Love Club is, it's about caring and supporting these moms who are going through long-term hardships. And it's through social media. So through these platforms on Instagram and social and, sorry, Facebook, what we do is we feature one of these moms a month. We post a picture, and the whole community reposts her picture on their own Instagram or Facebook feeds. And what we do is bring awareness, prayer, and financial support for these moms who are just really going through the hardest thing in their life and probably will be going through it for years and years mm. to come. Wow, that's wonderful. I mean, you know, it, it sometimes seems that um, today with, with all of the connectivity that we have, that we're still very disconnected from one another. And so you have these instances where people are hurting and suffering and 
oftentimes in the body of Christ, we're just not aware. And so I think it's wonderful that you're doing something to not only um, bring awareness, but also give a practical response, you know, because it's one thing to also know what's going on, but then also to feel like you're powerless to help. But you've given an outlet or an avenue by which we can help these moms. So for our listeners who want to learn more about the Moms We Love Club, how can they do that? Sure, you can follow us on Instagram. That's where we do most of our sharing, so at the Moms Who Love Club, or on our website, themomswholoveclub.com. Okay, the Moms We Love Club. Come. All right. And we'll probably go back, we'll maybe weave this a little bit into the conversation um, as we talk about the book Stay, but also talk about the work that you do for Day Springs Encourage a little bit. Um, maybe go back to that. But I want to make sure that we jump right into what it is that the Lord showed you that led to writing the book Stay. Um, what is it that yeah. you have discovered in your own personal life and in ministry that warrants us being reminded that sometimes the pain is is working things for our good? Right. So probably in my mid-20s, which feels like a long time ago now, about 15 years ago, I was working at a church. I was in seminary. I was um, going on mission trips. I just had graduated from a Christian university, so I was doing right, doing all the right things. And yet, internally, I was an absolute disaster to the point where I was about to walk away from Jesus and the church and faith completely because it hit me like, wait a second, I'm doing all the right things and this is not working. Like, I feel terrible. Mm. Um, Then there's something wrong with Christianity, you know? So I hit this crisis point in my life where I had the opportunity to go on a three-week, 21-day isolated retreat. So I went into this cabin on this island off the coast of Washington. And from there, it was the most intensified idea of staying that I've ever had in my life. Um, Because really up to that point, I had been running, running from some trauma, running, running from relationships, running from my real issues, um, and kind of even using spiritual disciplines to hide uh, from the reality of my heart and life and mess. And so through this 21-day experience that radically changed me, that really brought me to my knees, that really introduced me to who Jesus was, kind of set me on this trajectory for the rest of my life of, okay, I can't live in a cabin forever. That's not a possibility. So how do I integrate what it means to stay into regular life? So that that thinking that experience really led me into writing today. So what does it look like? Um, and, and this assumes that we know what it looks like to run away. I, I wonder, Angelie, if it's not sometimes that we don't recognize that we're trying to just move ourselves out of this place where the Lord is working some things in our lives. And so maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well. But my initial question is, what does it look like to stay? Let's let's imagine that for most of us, um, women, you know, wives, mothers, whatever point, grandmothers, whatever point of life we're we're at, um, what does it look like to to practically stay? Right, that's such a great question. I think one of the greatest places um, that we can start is to pay attention to the places in your life where you are experiencing resistance. And resistance then becomes one of the greatest gifts we have um, to to really enter into the discipline of staying and being awake and attentive to God and His presence in our life. So, 
there are small places where we experience resistance. I am sure anyone listening might experience this even today, that you got a text message or an email or a phone call that triggered something inside of you, um, such as anger, frustration, mm-hmm. or annoyance. And that's the resistance becomes, I don't want to answer that. I'm not going to look at that email. I'm not going to look at that text message. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to run away from it. And the resistance then becomes this gift of, um, okay, God, I'm really, really frustrated about that text message right now. Instead of, I'm just going to do the dishes. I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to pretend it never happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not that any of us have ever done that. Right, (laughs) never. (laughs) So resistance, yeah, resistance becomes this place of uh, what's you want to learn where you where God is inviting you to stay is pay attention to the resistance you experience even in this moment. I like that. I, I really like the simplicity of this one word resistance because I think that it helps us to be able to pinpoint where some of those those feelings are, those areas that we try to outrun. Um, and I, you know, I'm wondering, and just to get your take on this, what is it that you think might contribute to this thought that we have? that resistance is always bad and that our lives are not supposed to come with that friction that is you have to deal, you have to, you have, well, to say it simply, you have to stay. I think for many of us, we think that there should be no calls to stay because there shouldn't be that resistance that requires staying. Why is it that we have this mindset so often? Mm, well, you have to look at our culture. You have to look at your family of origin. I mean, there's, we love comfort. We mm-hmm. love comfort. We want to just bathe in comfort. And so it's really counterintuitive to say, that thing that's really bothering you, that's where God wants to meet you. That's where God wants to heal you. That's where God wants to transform you. And so really, I think what we end up doing is we miss so much of what God is doing in our heart because we don't. The, the feeling is actually scary. So mm-hmm. when you experience, you know, when you get triggered by sadness and there's that mm-hmm. resistance, oh, I don't want to feel sadness, you know, like I'm going to go for a run, you know. And so, but what's under the sadness is what God wants to get to. And these deep things in our heart that he wants to heal. And mm-hmm. so it, it is, there's something that is hard about saying and there's something also, like you said earlier, there's something, oh, that seems simple. There's something simple to it as well. You know, I wonder um, if it's possible for us to understand some things about the character and the nature of God when we walk through these difficult times that often if we understood exactly what God was revealing to us about himself, that he is sufficient, right? I'm wondering if we understood those things if we might be, and I know it sounds almost counterintuitive, but I'm wondering if we might be more motivated to stay because in this situation, and and I'll just stress that in this situation, in his presence, he reveals to us something about his nature and about his character that we might not get if we don't have that kind of resistance. Yeah. Oh, so true. And I think the, the, the more we can understand, not just in our head, but in our heart, the, the character of God, that he is the one inviting us to stay, right? I mm-hmm. love the imagery of 
the table of your soul. And Jesus is at the table of your soul, pulling out that chair, inviting you to say, as a good, he is your good father. And Mm. yet, you know, you think about this resistance piece one more time. It's like, okay, you get your bank statement in the mail, right? And for me, I do not like to open my bank statement. I like to pretend (laughs) it's just not there and there's endless money. Um, And so, you know, I I resist it. I avoid it. I hide it, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And and that's fear, right? So it's like that fear becomes that the resistance and the fear becomes invitation to something deeper, like, oh, God, God is my God, I feel like I am still, like I don't trust that you're going to provide for my needs and my Mm. family's needs. And that's the table of the soul. That's the intimacy with God where it's like, he's not angry. He's not mad. He's not disappointed. He's like, Wesley, I know you're so afraid that there's not going to be enough money for school next year. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. I want to be with you there. I see you. I know you. And, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about what you said. And I think that that resonated with so many wives and so many moms, because we know that as women, that's one of the things that we long to feel that sense of security. And so often, if we feel like we are approaching a place of insecurity, we don't want to open that door. Like we don't want to go down that road. Right. Because we don't want to feel insecure. We don't want to feel like there's going to be, um, as we said earlier, this problem. And so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering even now if there are some issues that maybe um you know, kind of come to the surface when you start to think about um, why we respond and the way that we respond. It's not often the situation that presents itself. It it may not be just your bank statement, right? But it's what you just touched on. It's that feeling of like, maybe God is not going to provide for me. Do you think that getting to some of the root issues is really beneficial as we kind of walk with the Lord? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, because that's the only way, right? And as we as we come to stay with those deeper places, like God is always going. God is always on the move to get to the heart. You look at Jesus throughout the Gospels. Everything is like, okay, you're showing me the outside, but let's talk about the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on there? What's the root? In, what is the root? And the beauty is these deep beliefs are uprooted through love and compassion and the tenderness of Christ. What begins to, as we understand how Jesus stays with us, and as we learn to stay with our own heart, that changes us. And we now have the capacity to invite other women to stay. We Mm -hmm. can pull out a chair at our physical kitchen table and say, stay here. Like, mm-hmm. I know you're late. I know you're messy. I know you have secrets that you've never told anybody. But I can stay with you because I know Jesus stays with me. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of um, a situation where there was a friend of mine who was walking through something. And, you know, it, it's not always perfect as we're walking through and we're navigating life. And that's a part of discipleship. I highly recommend that older women and younger women engage in one-on-one discipleship where we are sharing the Lord together. And uh, she hit a rough patch. And I was like, you know what? Here's what you need. You just need to come over and just have coffee. And I I brought out these mugs that said, not today. You know, (laughs) just these statement mugs that said, hey, look, we just need to sit down and we need to seek the Lord. But sometimes it's just being willing to listen. It's being willing to say, I don't have all the answers and I don't know exactly what you're experiencing, but I'm willing to stay here with you as you walk through it and sip through this cup of coffee. We're going to grab the break. When we come back, 
I want to kind of go back to something that Angeli touched on, this concept of the strong friend, what that is and why it might be detrimental. All right. The book is Stay. We're talking to Angeli Pascal. We'll take a, a break and we'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much, Will the Great. I appreciate you. I'm mm-hmm. Miki. <laughs> and I'm Will and Sarah Reeves with details. Very good. So appropriate. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. And our guest today is Angelie Pascal, who is the founder of the Moms We Love Club and also uh, writes for Day Springs Encourage. She resides in Southern California with her husband, Sam, and their wonderful five kids. Great, yes. great kids. <laughs> we love it. We're so <laughs> pro kids. Um, so we're talking about her new book, Stay, Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness, Where You've Never Imagined Looking. And before we went to break, we were talking about um, this encouragement that we can be to one another as we walk through these difficult times that show us so much about God, his character and his nature. And um, and, and, and I'm going to go somewhere else in, in just a second here. But talk about this concept of the strong friend. What is it that we need to know uh, about this person? <laughs> right. I think really the gift of being with another person is so incredible. And I just think friendship is a place for women, especially where there can be such deep wounds, right? There's so mm-hmm. much betrayal. There's so much loss. There's so much um, broken trust. And what does it look like to be a strong friend? And I think as we grow in our capacity um, to know our identity in Christ and that knowing that we belong to Jesus and that we are a child of God, it actually frees us to be Mm. better friends. Because we're not using, we're not manipulating, we're not twisting, we're not doing all these crazy wild things to keep that friend liking us or loving us or sticking around. And so I really think our our ability to grow in our relationship with Jesus translates in our ability to be incredible friends. Yeah. And I, I had a question just for you, just as we're talking about marriage and families, you know, nothing is done like inside of a bubble. So you, your husband and your kids are, a part of what you do. So through your journey, how has Sam, you know, been a, a aid or, you know, going through mm. some of these different uh, changes or different things like that? How has he contributed to um, what's been happening on your journey? Well, that's such a great question. So I, I, there was a moment, and I'm so curious about other marriages, even your guys, like, there's a moment I specifically remember sitting at um, a Barnes & Noble mm-hmm. and having coffee with Sam, and this is before we were married. And uh, he said to me, 
he said, I, I cannot marry you. I can't keep this relationship going if you won't let me in. Mm. Like, I want to know you, and I want to know all of you. Mm. And if you can't do that, if we can't have that vulnerability, like this marriage, this relationship is not going to work. And I think from that, I mean, that was, I literally went home that night and was like, I got to make a choice. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to like really show this guy who I am? And I think that was really a foundational part of our marriage was we have to be vulnerable. And that looks a lot, it it doesn't look pretty all the time. Well, it looks like a lot of confessions and that's hard. I mean, not (laughs) vulnerable and hard to say, you know what, I messed up. Yeah. You know what, I said I spent $20, but I actually spent 25 or 30 You know, like, <laughs> it's just, you're laughing, right? You know it. It's just, I know it's true. Little white lies. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. and it's a slippery slope. Um, wait, did I, did I hit on something here, you guys? Oh, no, everything you've been saying, you're hitting oh, yeah. on something. Look, we're married, and we both know each other's flaws and, and all that. Yeah. So his... No, yeah, you're hitting on something every other word, of course, Anjali. Like, I mean, we this show is airing the Addisons. We just talk about real life. Like, mm-hmm. it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. I do want to say this, though, because when you're talking about that conversation that you had with Sam, I'm I'm thinking about, I know this has been true in my life. I'm not suggesting that it's true in every wife's life. But sometimes we have those things from our individual lives that – make it difficult for us to be willing to be vulnerable in that way. And and we almost feel like whatever our issues are, whatever our past hurts are, you know, they're ours to nurture. And so it's really taking a step, you know, forward to be able to divulge to people these things that you struggle with or that you think about. Um, but there's great benefit to that. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, it's incredibly, it takes a, a huge amount of courage. And I love I love who God is because he he really truly gives us these choices of of stepping into vulnerability or not because there is no intimacy and there's no love without vulnerability, period. And so uh, I think it takes um, that person, that relationship, time. And it's not just time, but it's time used well in, in actions and steps over a period of time that show that you are reliable and worthy to carry and hold that person's story. Mm-hmm. And so the, you, I think we've all encountered people where we gave them some of our story and they kind of stomped on it. Mm-hmm. They gave it away. They trashed it. They threw it. Mm-hmm. And then, and you know that. We're such feelers of, okay, that person's safe and that person's not. And so when you find someone safe, it's nurturing the courage and every moment to say, I, I, I'm going to choose to give you a piece of me. And I think we only have the capacity to do that because we know that we have been found safe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so as we know, know that, not in our head, in our heart, that God is safe and He is reliable because time and time again He showed up and proven that He is safe, then we can take that into marriage and into friendship and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to give them a piece of my story and see how, see how they hold it. I want to do something here um, before I go on to my, my next question, which I really think 
Um, we have to be careful in our exploration of our deep pains and hurts because it can the dial can be turned too far in one direction. I want to do that. But I, I want to give away a copy of the book, if that's okay with you, Angelie. We we have an extra copy yeah. that we'd like to give away to one of our listeners. So if you are a woman who's listening and this conversation is really resonating with you, um, Sherry B. is over in Studio CC, and she's going to take caller number 7. So caller number 7 at 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. You're going to get a copy of the book, Stay, Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness Where You Never Imagined Looking. We're talking to the author of that book, Angelie Pascal, today. And Angelie, as we continue on, I, you know, here is one of my great concerns, and maybe you can help me kind of temper my concern with the benefits of, as we're discussing, staying. I'm concerned that in our culture, we have popularized um, sort of having these this pain and these imperfections almost to the point where there's no need for the work that Jesus Christ does. You know, there's almost sort of like a nurturing of, um, well, I have this issue, I have this feeling, and, and it begins to define us in so many ways. What is the what is the proper balance between not kind of slipping into a depression type state that where you're functioning, but really you're just sort of holding on to these issues. Maybe you're calling it staying, but that's not, that's not exactly what you meant. So how do we make sure that we differentiate between those two things? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. There's two, two things I want to point out. One, what I, what I want to be real clear about is I don't mean staying in an abusive relationship. And I, I don't want anyone to hear me say stay and be like, okay, that means I have to like endure abuse in a way that's totally against the nature and the will of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just being setting that aside, um, I want to say there is a difference between um, grief mm-hmm. and depression, right? And there's a difference between lament. And lament is a spiritual discipline that we see, right, if we read through the Psalms, it's all lament. And the difference is that uh, with lament is that we suffer with God versus suffering apart from God on our own, where we are going to, we are in control of our suffering, we are in control of our grief, we are going to manage it and conquer it, right? That's the difference versus lament of, God, you're with me in my suffering. You're with me in my loss. And being connected to the Spirit of God through such a hard time. Does that kind of help as you kind of navigate through what it means to stay but not drown and stay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think that that's something, I mean, my, my personal opinion and observation is I think that that is something that is increasingly more appealing in our culture today. Honestly, I think that we are popularizing um, a a type of, and we know that we're not perfect people. We understand that. But what seems to be popularized in our culture today is that, hey, I have all these imperfections and, you know, this is me and this is the ugly rather than, man, you know, I'm, I'm walking through this, but the grace of God is totally sufficient because what we're after is not just a confirmation that we're messed up, <laughs> right? I mean, right. What, what, we're, yeah. what, what we're after is the healing that comes through this encounter with Jesus Christ, which... I mean, I would I would go so far as to imagine that that's what you're communicating in the book. That's the point of staying. It's not just, 
you know, lingering in these these hurts and these pains and, and sort of I, I call them nursing our wounds so that they don't heal. That's not what we're going for. No, no, and I think you're right. It's a very interesting culture shift, especially on social media. Isn't that fascinating? Mm-hmm. I don't know how connected you are to that, but there is this, like, I'm messed up and it's the best thing ever. And it's like, no, like, I think there is, through our brokenness and through our wounds, that becomes the vessel in which we can meet with Jesus. But don't stop there. Don't stop mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. I'm I'm so glad that we're we're on the same page with that. Um, one other thing, as we talk about, um, you know, w- walking through the pains and the the hurts and the imperfection, um, as you have journeyed through and we all journey through, talk about the role of scripture. You know, as we often refer to it as the straight edge. Um, how is the Bible um, vital as as we stay? I think that's such a great great question because. I think, as I mentioned earlier, when I was, you know, doing all the right things, I would even use spiritual discipline as a way to avoid God. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. if I felt, um, for instance, jealousy, like I'm, you know, scrolling through Instagram and I see someone's picture and I'm instantly enraged with jealousy, what I would have done in my earlier years was, I'm going to have a longer quiet time. I'm going to turn up the worship music even louder. <laughs> and really what I was doing is I was trying to manage my own sin and avoid it. Wow. And so I think the gift of Scripture is that it, it becomes a mirror. Mm. It becomes this beautiful, beautiful mirror of our hearts. And so when I engage in reading, I'm paying attention to what's happening inside of me. Oh, what am I not wanting to read? What is... What am I avoiding? What do I mm-hmm. don't like about what Jesus said there? You know? And so then scripture, right, becomes this real, this beautiful highlighter inside of us. It's like, oh, Angela, you are still looking for belonging in friendship. You're still running away from um, these vices in your soul. So I think scripture is just this incredible tool, this incredible way of opening our hearts up, the reality of our hearts up, the reality of God. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. We're almost out of time. I want to do two things in the time that we have left. Uh, what is your prayer for the women who will read this book, um, for those even listening in on this conversation today? Uh, and then final question, how can our listeners connect with you? Sure. I think my greatest hope for anyone... Um, it's interesting because I think the women know that they, if they need to read this book, because they know they've been running, they know they've mm-hmm. been hiding, they know they've been avoiding. And I want to say to those women, like, it's okay to be, a, it's okay to be anxious, it's okay to be sad, and and I know the fear that can drive you away from staying at the table of your soul. And yet, I want to keep pulling out that chair. And reminding that Jesus is there and he loves you, loves you, loves you. Amen. Um, and then I would say I would love to stay connected. One, through Instagram, I'm there every day. Um, you can find me lovealways.angeli, A N J U L I, or connect through um, my website, www.angelitoxical.com. Angeli, thank you so much. We really do appreciate this time. The book is Stay Discovering Grace freedom and wholeness where you never imagined looking. 
the author, our guest today, Angelie Pascal. And what a great time we've had together just to talk about the power of meeting God in the midst of all that pain and all the struggles that we're going through. And I, I kind of have some other thoughts that maybe we'll touch on a little bit in, in the future here. But, mm-hmm. man, our greatest need is for healing, the wholeness and the healing that comes um, through an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's yeah. not just the once over, okay, now you're saved. But it is walking in relationship with him where he shows us who we are, but he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't point at us in a corner, right? No, he brings us out. (laughs) He really does. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.